Let's bow our heads. Heavenly Father, first of all, we uh, give you praise, glory, and honor uh, because it's you that makes a difference in our life. It's not us, Lord, but it's you. And Lord, we thank you for your grace and most of all for your mercy. Lord, when we didn't even know, you knew. And Lord, in our weakness, you became our strength. When we were selfish, you never left our side. You kept on knocking. Thank you for that, Lord. Lord, in our failed situations, you were there. When we were doing so well, you were there. When we thought it was us, it was really you. Thank you. So, Lord, as we preach today, we ask you to speak through us. Lord, and touch the hearts of those out there. Social media, those in the congregation, they need to hear that it's about you and not about us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. So I'm excited to see so many. Hey, Mo, how you doing, my man? All right. I love you, bro. Uh, listen, the, the Bible... Uh, for those who've been in our ministry for a while, uh, the Bible is a unique book because the Bible is really a book about a king, right? So keep that in mind. The book is about a king, his kingdom, and his royal family, right? And so uh, we make it about a religious issue, but it's really about a king, a kingdom, and his royal family. Uh, and so when God created the world, uh, he created the world with the intent of his people, his children, running the world on his behalf, right? Um, so the sermon today is the me first mentality, right? Uh, and I just remember uh, when I was younger, uh, Edis, the thing that was important to me was when the Dallas Cowboys was playing uh, or the Philadelphia 76ers, if they were playing uh, uh, and they happened to be playing at the time church was, uh, uh, I took church off that day uh, because I wanted to see Robin Newhouse and Preston Pearson and, and all those guys because I was a diehard cow cowboy fan. hate to admit it, but I was, right? And I loved Dr. J. So uh, uh, I made sure that uh, I put myself first uh, in that situation, I say I love the Lord, but in reality, uh, I really would love Robert Newhouse and Preston Pierce and Roger Starback uh, a little bit more at the time. And in the event that they lose, I couldn't even eat. Y'all laughing, that's serious business. This is real business, right? Uh, I lose my appetite. I, w I couldn't eat. I was so frustrated and mad and all upset and all this because the Cowboys lost, and it bothered me for years, right? And I just couldn't stand to see Dr. J lose, right? So when he came into the NBA from the ABA, I was a big Dr. J fan. And so I watched Dr. J, and I don't care what. I mean, Dr. J was my guy, right? So I would always watch him because he was important to me. Now, the thing was, uh, uh, I thought I really was giving my life totally to God. You know, I was teaching Sunday school. I was doing all that stuff, man. And I said God was the most important thing in my life. Uh, I mean, it wasn't about me. It was about the Lord, right? Uh, 
but my actions didn't show that. All right? Now, my actions didn't show that. Uh, so my actions said that the Cowboys uh, and the 76ers were a little more important, right? And I appreciate them um, uh, putting them on television, uh, and they put them on so I can see them, right? Now, I know none of you all have that testimony uh, that uh, uh, something's going on at home or something's happening and a show is on, and at the same time church is on, you say, I just watch it on TV today. Nobody has that testimony, right? Just me, right? Now, so, uh, but we have that issue, right? And so the thing is, uh, God wanted all of me, and he wanted to be the priority in my life. But I was a young fellow, and uh, I was excited, and I loved the Lord, and I kept teaching Sunday school and all that, but God, uh, I had to take back seat, man, to them cowboys, right? Uh, and then when they win, I was happy for them. But God gave me some pain. Well, he made me, he, well, he created some, he said, you want to put them first? I got I got some for you. So the game was tight, one game, and the, the Cowboys had the game won, and the guy threw a touchdown, the 49th threw a touchdown pass and caught the last at the end, and I thought I was going to die. <laughs> Why would God, you know, and I, 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 you may not be like me, but I was praying, and you know how you pray, and Lord, let the Cowboys win and make sure everything's right, like wasn't nobody else praying for the other team, right? And God only going to listen to me, right? And so, uh, we have a tendency uh, to do that, right? Uh, I want you to think about something. I want you to think about uh, why God loved you so much, man, that he made you first in his life, right? So God says, uh, you are first in my life. Uh, I love you so much that I'm willing to give my son up for you. I'm willing to send my son to Calvary for you because you are that important to me. I know you're a thief. I know you're a liar. I know you're a whoremonger. Uh, I know you're a thug. I know you do all this kind of crazy stuff, but yet I still love you so much that I'm willing to sacrifice my son for you, right? Because you're that important. Now, the question is, uh, can I be that important to you, right? Uh, now, uh, can I be that important? And we say, yes, uh, God, you're that important to me. He says, well, I want to know if you're that important. If I'm that important, can you put me first in your attendance in church? Right? Uh, does church come first or does something else come first? What about in your contributions, in your giving? Uh, do, you, do you look at me first when it's time to give it, even though I told you, about that, or do you uh, take your finances and buy your lottery tickets and buy your Hennessy and uh, go to the club and, and buy your new outfit, and then you give $5 an offering? Right? Uh, uh, so, so, so what do you do? You know, what do, you do? Uh, I want to know what do you do, uh, if, or, or is it maybe uh, it's not your finances and all that, but I know you're so gifted and you're so talented, and I, talk, and I gave you something because you really wasn't that smart, and, uh, but I bless you to be smart, and you became a teacher. I even made you uh, get certified in, in uh, child, early childhood development and all this here, and you're so excited, and tell everybody you got your, I don't know what it's called, CD something, but you're so excited. He says, now I need you to help with children, man. You said, God, listen, I do this all week. I can't do this on Sunday now. I know you blessed me, but I can't do this. Uh, uh, I, God gave you the gift to sing. You said, now, I, I, I promise you I'm not singing today. Right? I, I don't feel like singing today because my voice is, 
you know, it's a little scratchy, uh, but I get a home and sing all of that and some more. Right? And so uh, God gave you gifts and talents, and you said, but God, I'm going to use my gifts and talent, but you won't be the priority. Uh, I'm not going to do it in church because I know, now listen, that God sent you here because there's somebody here, man, need to hear your voice. Uh, somebody here need your talents and your gifts, right? And so God gave it to you, man, for the edifying of the body. But you say, oh, no, God, uh, uh, I, I can't do that because that's my job. I do that all week. He said, I sent you to college to train you for this. He said, I gave you professional development for this. You know, I'm a, I was a school teacher for 18 years, and uh, uh, then I was an administrator, deal, and an athletic director, and a coach, and all that. And, but when I graduated from high school, I was illiterate. I really couldn't read, right? And, and I said, I bet darn, Kim, if God going to bless me to go to school and graduate from college with honors, and then I, don't, I come back to school, come back home, and I ain't going to teach Sunday school. I said, I'm not teaching. I don't what? I couldn't wait for, for them to give me an opportunity so I can do what God had blessed me to do. Because I didn't know I could do it. Because when I left, I was illiterate. When I came back, I was an honor student. It wasn't me. It was God. Right? So how, how dare I do not use what he gave me, man, to be a blessing to other people who needed it. So I got it. I'm sitting on my gifts. I just come and God, because I need you to feed me in church. I'm not giving anything. I come to receive. I'm coming because I need something. Uh, I'm not here to give what you gave me. You know, some of you guys are great organizers. You got great administrative skills, and you got all this stuff. And you said, well, I'm not using it for the church. I'm not using it for God. I'm going to do this for me to advance my career. Right? So then all of a sudden, man, uh, they shut your company down. Then you said, Lord, now listen, please, give me another opportunity. <laughs> you know, now all of a sudden, man, you're deep again. Lord, bless me, you know. Because the, co the company decided to downsize, and they didn't need your administrative skills no more. Even though you was really good in technology and all that, they don't need it anymore. And now you don't know what to do. And guess what you do? You come to church, and you're on the altar. Lord, I need you right now. You know, I love you with all my heart, all my mind, until he give you another job. And he said, now, the church needs you to do this. And you said, well, I, I, I'm too busy because I'm tired all week. You know, I put in these long hours, and I'm fatigued, Lord. I work long hours. I'm tired. So I can't do anything for you on Sunday. Even, now, this, this is going to get you right here. This is good. Yeah, yeah. He said, because church started at 11 o'clock, and it's over no later than 1230. He says, and in that minute, he said, even if you're working with the children ministry, he said, you're only going to work for about 20 minutes. He said, by the time we do with praise and worship, and they get through doing a couple of songs and all that, and you go back there, you back there about 20, 30 minutes. He said, then it's over. He said, I just asked you to do it once a month. You said, no, nah, Lord, that's too much. But I go to work, and I work. The school is over, and I teach, and I spend long hours. Or, or I'm in the office, I'm working long hours, and I'm tired. And when I come to church, I need to rest. Oh, okay. Everybody said me first. <laughs> right? So God said, I need to check you on this me first mentality. He said, this is important. He says, uh, uh, 
I'm gonna click this clicker. He said, just click this clicker, and I'm gonna click this clicker, and there it is. Praise the Lord, right? Now, so in Romans chapter 12, now listen to God, we're gonna speak to this. This, this is good, y'all. And we're gonna take this thing down here, and we're gonna be done about 2 33 o'clock. Since, listen to me. Sister Kim, I'm standing at 2.30 today because it don't make no difference. They're going to do the same whether I stop at 12.15 or 2.30. No, I'm just playing. I'm here. He said, I ain't coming back no more. I can see like, yeah, no. No, I'm just playing. We won't be here that long. Now, this is what it says. Romans says, because of the privilege. Now, listen to Paul. He's, he's, he's talking. Because of the privilege and authority God has given me, I give each of you this warning. Everybody say warning. The warning says, don't think you are better than you really are. Be honest in your evaluation of yourself. Measure yourself by the faith God has given us. Now, this is important. Don't think of yourself more high than you ought to. Don't you think you better than what you are? Because you are what you are, man, because God has gifted you to be what you are. Right? So, and so he said, I want you to keep in mind, don't, don't get beside yourself. And he said, I want you to understand, I'm blessing you because I want to do kingdom work. So God's whole mission is he want to do kingdom work. Now, to give you a little background of what was going on, God, Jesus is on his way to Calvary. Right? In this Luke, the ninth chapter, Jesus is on his way to Calvary. Uh, okay, somebody got to help me because this thing, I don't have my iPad, and I hit this clicker and ain't nothing happening, right? Let me do this again. I feel magical. What Nari at? Nari, okay, can you see me? All right, hit, hit the button, push it, because I want to hit it again. All right, let's, let's stay there for a second, all right? Uh, I, I want you to think about this. I want you to think about Jesus. When you get home, I want you to read Luke, the ninth chapter, and the tenth chapter. So Jesus is on his way to Calvary. He's been doing miracles. He's fed 5,000 folks. He's healed people. And he's preaching the kingdom of God, right? And he's on fire for the Lord. And he's doing his work, but he knows it's about to end. Right? So he's getting ready to go to Calvary. And on his way to Calvary, he has to go to Jerusalem because Jerusalem is where it's going to happen. Right? He knows when he gets to Jerusalem, his life is going to be over. So he really deputizes in the early chapter of Luke his disciples. And he disciples, he take 12 of them and he empowers them, man, before he goes to Calvary, before he dies and be resurrected, he empowers them with the power of the Holy Spirit and he tells them, I want you to go out and I want you to do work in advance. I want you to go and I want you to preach the kingdom of God. I want you to heal the sick. He said, I want you to deliver people. I want you to set them free. He said, I'm going to give you the power and authority to do this, right? And I'm getting you ready because I'm leaving. And when I leave, I'm leaving you in charge to do kingdom work. And I need my spirit downloaded into your system, right? So now he's going. He's on his way. Now, on his way to Jerusalem, when you get to this, uh, 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 about verse 51, Jesus is getting ready to go to Jerusalem, and he want to go through Samaria. 
Now, for those who are not Bible scholars and don't know much about Samaria, Samaritan was a group of people. Uh, the Syrians had overtaken Israel and had taken them into captivity, and they had taken some of their people and implanted them there, and they had mixed with the Syrians, uh, had mixed with the Israelites. And so you had these Jews and these Gentiles that mixed together, and they had a group of people that was mixed breed, and they were called Samaritans, right? Now, Samaritans, here's the deal about them, right? They felt like that their home, uh, God and their ancestors worshipped in Samaria, where the Jews who were purebred did not like the half-breed people. So now you get to see racism and, and religious prejudice, man, up front. So Jesus is getting ready to get his disciples ready to do kingdom work, right? So he tells them, I'm on my way to Jerusalem, and I'm going through Samaria. Now, he already knew. Remember, Jesus knew God don't make mistakes. He knew that he had to get the disciples ready for ministry, right? So what he did was he said, listen, I'm going to Jerusalem. I'm going through Samaria, and I'm going to stay there, Kurt, and I'm going to spend some time there. He said, I want you to go there and get my place ready and tell them I'm coming. So they go, and they tell the Samaritans, Jesus is coming to town. Get ready. And they said, man, get out of here because you Jews don't like us. Y'all normally don't even come through Samaria. So I don't know why you mess around. And they said, no, we're not preparing nothing for Jesus, you, and nobody else. Now, I'm paraphrasing a little bit. He said, I'm not dealing with it. Now, remember, he's getting ready to do kingdom work. And everybody said me mentality. He's getting them ready, man, for real ministry, man, and letting you know you can't put yourself first. So as he goes, he's already got a lot of people following him, and they follow him. They're all excited. But when he get ready to go through Samaria, they won't go. And his disciples who have been walking with him for three and a half years watched him raise people from the dead, heal the sick, love the hell out of people. He just loved them. They saw Jesus working like never before. And here's what they loved Jesus with all their heart. But Jesus knew that they was not ready for ministry. So he had to give them he had to give them an experience. So he told them to go to Samaria and get me a place ready, right? So they come in there like they bold. They're the Jews. You know, the Jews thought they was high and mighty. You know how some people are. They think they're high and mighty, and they are the ones, right? So they go up in there and tell them that Jesus is coming, and we're the Jews, and we're the holy ones. And they said, get out of here now, right? And here's the deal. So Jesus knew this. So what Jesus has set them up. Jesus set him up for the fall. So he comes back, and they came back, and James and John, who's powerful and anointed, says, listen, these people are prejudiced, and they, they're no good. Jesus, do you want us? Now watch this here. Watch how much power they got, Kurt. They got so much power, they said, do you want us to pray and pray fire to come down and burn up the whole city like Elijah did? Do you want us to kill every single person in Samaria. So Jesus knew. Jesus hold it. Then he kind of quotes uh, John, the fourth chapter, the third chapter. Verse, he said, listen, I did not come to destroy lives. I came to save them. Now, here's the, the me mentality. It was all about them. How often, man, do we ask God, say, God, I want you to use your special powers to destroy somebody I don't like. Because it's all about you. They, they, they ain't no good. They need to be saved. God, let them get sick. 
I hope they get cancer. Let them die. Right? Because it's about you. You got this great relationship with the Lord. You think you can pray to God and ask God to come down and hurt somebody. Jesus said, listen, uh, y'all are all mixed up. I want you to understand something. I did not come. Now, he's getting them ready for ministry. He said, I did not come to destroy lives. I came to save them. I want you to understand this here. Because you're going to be going out and you're going to be doing kingdom work. And God is telling you, you're going to encounter some people. He said, I want you to understand, they're going, someone's going to talk about you. They're not going to like you. They're going to do all, say all kind of matter or evil things about you. But remember, your mission is to save them and love them. So, so Jesus, get, Jesus is getting us ready for it. So then they come back. They say, okay, right? And so then Jesus go, and they don't go, so Jesus head to Jerusalem. Now you get down to here. Now you got some people. They come and say, Lord, I love you. Like some, Lord, I love you with all my heart, all my mind, all my soul. I follow you anywhere you go, right? So now let's deal with the verses, and then we're going to wrap this thing up, and we'll be done about 1230. Not that late. That's too long, right? Now, here's what he said. And they, oh, hey, Jay, Jay, take me back. To, what, you just jumped off. You just took off. <laughs> Lord, he happy. I need to see your face, Arthur. Nari. He says, and they were walking, now listen to Jesus, watch what happened in Luke, as he tells the story. As they were walking along, someone said to Jesus, see if it's you, see if it's you talking to Jesus, I will follow you wherever you go, right? Jesus, I'll follow you wherever you go, because I got this special relationship with the Lord. You know I love you, Jesus, but Jesus said, Renata, here's what Jesus said. Jesus said, foxes, what? And what else? And what else? Keep on. He said, now listen, I want, you to, I want you to think about this here, man, before you make this decision. Now, the scripture tells us, before you get ready to build a house, you might want to count the cost. Right? Before you start doing something and you start building, before you count the cost, you make it halfway done, and then everybody laughs at you because you don't have enough money. So when you make this commitment about following Jesus, count the cost because you're going to run into some hell of a things. You're going to run into stuff, man, that's going to really want to, that's going to rock your world. And the question is, man, understand this. Jesus let them know. Understand what's going to happen. Go to the next slide, Arthur. I mean, Denari. All right. It says, it will become hard. What? It's going to come hard. Sometimes it's going to get really tough, man, while you're on this journey doing kingdom work, right? Uh, and, it will be, and sometimes something's going to be uncertain. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know what I'm going to do on my job. I don't know what's going on. I don't know. But it's going to be some uncertainties in the process. But you got to keep the faith as you move in because you're getting ready to do kingdom work. Everybody say kingdom work. You're about to represent God in the earth, right? Then he says, all who want to live godly lives in Christ Jesus, this is what Paul says, will do what? You're going to get persecuted. All right, so brace yourself for it because, you know, foxes, uh, uh, they got some places, right? Birds got some places, but I don't have no one. I want you to understand, you're going to get persecuted. So you got to be ready for that. All right, count this up before you come in and say, I'm following Jesus. Because if you don't, when things get tough, you're going to get going. Soon as somebody says something cross to you at church, you out of here. I'm done. I, I can't stand them people at church. They're not any good. They, they, none of them say they ain't nothing but hippo. 
right? And you're the one doing the play acting, right? So you might be doing the play. So you got people walking away. He said, now, I want to prepare you for kingdom work. Go to the, uh, but those, here's what he said. Uh, will you follow him no matter what the cost? Raise your hand. All right, remember what you said? Because you're on camera. It's clock. Jesus, sorry. All right. You, you ain't going to get out of it. You, you, hey, you got the video running? There it is. Turn around, turn around, turn around. Turn the camera around to the crowd. How many of you are going to follow them? Raise your hand again. Half the hands went down. They're like, oh. You know, they don't film. They don't film. They say, oh, Lord. No. All right, go, go to the next slide. All right. So then he says in verse 59, so you have some groups say, I'm going to follow you. I don't care what. The next group, there was other group of people coming who want to follow Jesus. Now, it's not about you, but it's really about the kingdom. He says this here. Read, everybody. Pause. And uh, this one says, hey, this is pretty serious, right? What he really was saying, he wasn't really talking about, man, burying my father because he's dying. You know, after I did some research on that, what he's saying was, uh, I, I'm waiting because when my father dies, I'm going to have an inheritance. And once I get my inheritance, I get my money right, Lord, then I'll follow you. Right? You said, listen, I'm coming to church, but right now I got to go down south because in the event that my grandma, they got some money for me now, and then I come back, and then I'm going to devote my time to you, Lord. Once I get my finances in order, right? How many of you have, don't you say, don't raise your hand because you got the camera. Don't raise your hand, right? Look at the next verse. What did Jesus say? Because he's getting us ready, y'all, y'all, man, to do kingdom work, Edis. He's getting us ready, man. He said, I need you guys to be willing to preach the kingdom of God. He said, let the people who don't know God, now listen, I'm talking to people that say, he said, let the people who don't know God, let them be focused on all that stuff, how they going to get the money, what's going to happen here. You trust me and move. He said, and go preach the kingdom. What is the kingdom? God comprehends a rule in every area of your life. You continue to love people and tell people God loved them. He said, you got, people need to know because some people really don't know. We're in a generation now where they really don't know because their parents walked away from the church because they was mad about something, and they left the church, Dale. And when they left the church, they, they took their kids away with it. That's why when children ministry came up, it was only like five or six kids. Because those young parents, I'm sick and tired, they ain't nothing but a bunch of hypocrites. So they don't come to church. And when they don't come to church, their kids don't come to church. And then guess what? You don't have to tell me. I'm going to tell you that the TV going to raise your kids. I'm going to tell you that the rappers and the singers and all that stuff going to raise your kids. Because they own social media. They listen to all kind of music. And whatever you download in your system, man, you're going to act out in your life. I'm telling you. So you stay at home. All right, them people at church ain't no good. Okay, they ain't no good. But you like so-and-so, so-and-so, that's a big-time singer or rapper, follow them if you want to. And, but I promise you one thing, you don't want their life for real. If they show, if they kill them. If they pull the blanket off some of them, they wouldn't, they, they'd be like, good Lord, have mercy, Jesus. Right? And, but so, and so we don't download God, and we know that God, you guys are here because you love the Lord. This is serious business, right? And, and so now, uh, go to the next slide. 
He said, don't delay the calling of the kingdom on your life. When God has called you and everyone, God called you. Look, Chris, he called you. He said, don't wait on anything. Right now, follow God. Give your life to him and love people like he needs you to love them. Despite the thing that's going on around, trust him and don't delay it. Then it says, it's God's comprehensive rule over every area. It's God's intention for you to be successful and be blessed. Everything that you need in life is in the kingdom. Everything you need, God says, I got it at my fingertips because it all belongs to me. In the kingdom is mine, right? And I, and I gave it to you on loan so you can have. So you're never going to go without. You just need to trust me. Right? It says, God called, on, God called us to be his followers. Now, this is going to be hard. I'm kind of read because I normally have an iPad. So that's a long way for a 62-year-old man, but I'm working with it. So I'm squinching. That's why I asked y'all to read for me. Everybody read what it said God called. Read. Oh, wait, when? Right now. Everybody said right now. right now. He needs you right now. Wherever you are, he needs you to be the kingdom wherever you are. Wherever job you're on, whatever family you're in, he needs you to be the kingdom right now. Keep reading. Wherever you are. Whatever you have. What? Not later. Not somewhere else. But with a little bit more. God wants to focus on everything right now because he's trying to move and build a kingdom, and he wants to build it with you all. So Jesus is telling them, said, listen, get ready. I know you want to follow me. He said, you worry about your family, but don't worry about them. Oh, go to the next slide. All right? Everybody read. Now watch this here. Some of us want to say goodbye to my family. I, I need to go back and say bye-bye mama, uh, daddy, uh, so-and-so, so-and-so, before I really make a commitment to following him. Because my family is the priority. My family is more important than anything else. All right, read. He said, you're not even fit for it. He said, you're not even, he said, when you grab a hold to this thing, he said, don't be trying to look back and go back and say, wait a minute, let me go back and do these things. He said, I need you focused and moving. He said, otherwise you're no good because you're going to be too easy distracted. If you go back, your family going to tell you, girl, don't take all that. Girl, I don't, I don't know why you're going to church. You don't need to go to Bible. What you going to Bible study for? You don't need, it don't take all that. And they get you distracted, and then you end up uh, walking away. All right, uh, this is important. Go to the next slide. All right, family will persuade you to rethink your decisions. Because, watch this. That's why Jesus was saying this here. Uh, uh, you have, you got to hate your mother, your father, your sister, and your brother. He, ain't, he don't really mean hate them. What he's saying is you got to put God first. Because you don't, they would, tr they would talk you into not doing it. Your, your very husband will tell you, baby, uh, I don't know why you're going to church like that. It don't make no sense. You know, and don't, Lord, don't talk about no money, right? He said, girl, you get, I'm going to pay my tithe. And all, girl, don't you get, you giving all your money to the church? You, you, 
They don't know. They have no idea. They have no idea that everything they have, God gave it to them. They have no idea, man, that God blessed them. They thought it was them. You know, I got a good friend of mine. He's in the audience back there, Kurt Adams. You know, when Kurt was playing, he played in the NFL, and he made some money. I know he was playing now because there'd be millions. I know, Kurt, they gave you 2000 Everybody get $200 million. I'm sorry, bro. You should have been a little bit later, right? Right? But, you know, you run. He said, man, this is mine. This is mine. But no. But God, the Kurt, Kurt messed up his hip and all this. But guess what? God said, the hips are mine, too. But if you trust me, I'm still going to give you a way to live even after this. Because it ain't you. It wasn't the football that made you. It was me that made you. He said, then I'm going to give you a wife that loved me, that helped me, help you love me. He said, y'all not going to like nothing if you trust me. He said, because I'm the one. How many of us, how many people have been laid off? Right. You've been laid off. You didn't think you were going to get laid off. You didn't want to get laid off. And when the man said, you got to be laid I remember it was a, it was a restaurant. Uh, I bought them all. The people went to go, got ready to go to work, and they put a padlock on the door. It was a real famous restaurant. They, they, they padlocked. People went to go to work, and the cooks, the, the, everybody, the dishwasher, nobody could go to work because they said, well, we don't have no more money. We're out of money. It's done. And they were scrambling. We in a recession. I went to get some bread. It was $3.49 a loaf. Right? You can't even go to the dollar store. Dollar store was a dollar. Now it's a dollar twenty-five. That's a twenty-five percent increase. It don't sound like much, but that's a twenty-five percent increase. Right? So you know, gas is up, but when you're in the kingdom, it doesn't matter because God always gives you enough resource to cover it all. So I don't care about the price going up. They can jack the. They can take the gas. They can take gas up ten dollars a gallon. I promise you, I'm gonna keep driving my car because God gonna always give me some gas money. Right? And if I ain't got it, I'm going to borrow from Denise. Because here's what God, God says, you may be broke, but I'm never broke, so you ain't got it, so I give it to somebody else, and they'll loan it to you. Sometimes God gives somebody else a funnel through you. I know everybody's, ah, I mean, you're tripping. How many times you loan somebody something? Raise your hand if you ever loan somebody some money. Yeah, you work for it, but you loan it because God used you to bless them. They didn't have no money. They couldn't go to the bank, but they could go to you. Because God said, you my bank. He said, I'm an interest-free bank. So, so he said, so you got to understand that. He said, you must not allow even family relations to trump your loyalty to me. Because they'll talk to you in the do. Listen, when you trust God and believe God, you don't put your faith in your mama, your daddy, your son. Go to the next slide. Because I got to close this thing out. I'm done. He says, and he said to them all, if any... Man, when he say man, he's not talking about man, man. The, the human race, right? If any man would do what? Now, I'm about to close this thing up because what he would say you got to do? You have to deny even you. Because you'll talk to yourself and say, no, it don't take all this. You know, I'm tired. I don't feel like going. I can't go now. I'm too tired. I can't do this here. You have to deny you. When he told him to pick up the cross, he hadn't even went to Calvary yet. He said, it's going to be some tough times ahead, but you got to be able to bear this thing. And listen, God is always going to take care of you. I told, I spoke at the rescue mission, and it's called the rescue mission, right? It was on a rescue, and they're on a mission to rescue somebody, right? So I told the guys at the rescue mission, I asked them a question. And I was in there with the young man, and I said, man, did you ever buy your friend a cigarette? 
He said, yeah. I said, have you ever had a drink and you gave your friend a drink? He said, yeah. I said, and uh, uh, did you know God was using you and you did that? I know, I know, I know, I know y'all saved and sanctified Holy Ghost feel, right? But, but here's the deal. Uh, whenever you take something that you love and you work so hard for, and then and you give it to somebody when you worked hard for it, who you think blessing you to be a blessing? You know, I had to talk to them in their world, right? So you have to understand, in their world, that meant a whole lot. Because when you've been raking and shoveling snow and raking leaves, and you, just, you finally got $9, and you buy your pack of cigarettes, and your friend asks you for one. And you worked all week to get a pack of cigarettes, and he asked you for one. Now, some of you all who smoke, y'all know, man, don't you ask me for my cigarettes at $9 a pack. Get your own cigarettes. I, I, I'm just speaking the truth, right? Now, I'm not saying you shouldn't be saving. I'm just telling, I'm showing you how the kingdom works, right? Now, here's the thing. Now, I'm, I'm not saying, so God bless them to have cigarettes. No, I ain't saying, don't listen, don't read into that. Read into the piece that God is showing you that if you ever in lack, he has access to all the resources. Because in case you didn't know, everything belongs to him. And if you use it in access, even the food I was eating when I was eating two Whoppers and three orders of fries and two shakes. That wasn't no dope, but I was 440 pounds. It was dope to me. I got high on food. I ate so much food, I just kept blowing up. You know, so that's why I don't talk about people, man, when they're addicted to something, because I was addicted to food. And sometimes people would give it to me. They just invite me out to eat. I couldn't even sit in the chair. I had to sit in the booth. Because the chairs were too, y'all laughing. I'm telling the guys, the gospel truth, right? And God delivered me. God delivered me. But here's the thing. He had the resources, right? And, when I, and, when, and listen to me. So I want you guys to understand how the kingdom works. So God wants you to understand that I have access to all of everything. Now, what you need to do is put all your everything in his basket and put your trust and confidence in him. Deny even yourself. Deny who you are. Right? And, and listen, and this, I'm going to sacrifice this for you. When I decided, listen to me, long ago, I was going to give God my money, and I didn't have much. We didn't have nothing. Literally, we didn't have nothing. But I told God I was going to give my portion. And me and I didn't have, literally didn't have nothing. We spent it all. Uh, God blessed me to start making $100,000 a year. Now, I didn't, have, Kim, I didn't have much money. I didn't have enough money to buy canned good. I couldn't buy a loaf of bread. I had no money. I was broke as the joke. Right? Five years later, I was making hundred thousand. Well, by twenty years later, I was making hundred thousand dollars a year. In the same district, when I didn't have nothing, God says, you, "God said I'm never going to let you beat me giving." So I said, "Okay, God, you first. So I gave him first. Now watch this. Then I gave my life to him. I gave my life. When I gave my life to him." Nothing came before him. Not a Dallas Cowboy. He took, the, listen, he took the desire to even watch the Cowboys from me. He made me watch a commercial one time, and Robert Newhouse and was laughing in a commercial. Now, I was too dumb to know then. It was a commercial, right? And he's laughing. I said, I'm sitting here crying, mad, can't eat, and it was a commercial right afterward, and they're doing commercial, and here's some Wheaties. And I'm like, man, I'm sitting here mad as all I'm doing. You've been talking about some Wheaties. 
At that point, man, God took the desire to even watch him. He said, man, I'm, you, don't, you got your priorities mixed up. Once I put my priorities in place, man, God bless me. When, when I gave my life to God, God gave me a wife, uh, two ch- beautiful children. I mean, two wonderful, loving, kind, caring children. He gave, listen, he gave me a job, making more money than my mama ever thought she would make in her lifetime. And he blessed me. I mean, God kept And then here, here's, what God, here's how God put the icing on the cake. Y'all want to hear this for real? Shh, don't tell nobody. It's a secret. Keep it. Watch the camera. He gave me a church, man, with people that love me. You know, so when I look out at y'all, y'all think I'm just looking. I'm saying, God, you for real, man. You, you, you ain't nothing to play with. Right? God said, I did. He said, the building, he said, I give you a building. So he gave me a building for no money. He gave it to us. Now, when I say me, I ain't taking person. But that's what he did. Right? Everything. He said, and you ain't going to have to pay for nothing. Not even a, listen, we don't have a debt nowhere. We don't have a debt in this church nowhere. When you put God first and deny yourself, God will bless you beyond your wildest dreams. So whatever you have, and I'm done, whatever you have, make God the number one priority. And it can never be about me. The me first mentality is about me and not about him. God says, seek ye first the king. Watch this. Seek ye first the king. You can't sell enough dope. I had a young man tell me one time, he said, man, the guy came out of California with all this dope. He had so much dope. He said, I can make so much money. It was crazy. He said, man, do you know? He said, man, listen, I can have you make so This is the, guy, this is the truth. I'm in church. He said, I can make so much money. He said, man, I can show you how you can make so much money. He said, I got the plug. He said, man, listen, I got the man who made the machine. He said, he said, he said you got the plug. He said, I got the man that print the money. He said, my father owns it all. He said, why am I going to link up with you when I already got direct access to it all? So the devil tried to show you to go down here. He said, but if you seek him first, watch this, seek ye first his kingdom and all these things will be added. You ain't going to have to want for nothing. You ain't going to have to lack for nothing. You gotta, listen, follow the word, trust God, and seek him first and everything, everything your heart desires, God will put at your fingertips. I know you got people out there saying, he ain't going to give you everything you want. Because when you desire him and you make him first, you ain't going to act for stupid stuff. Like a Mercedes Benz working at McDonald's. You're not going to ask for, well, God, you said me give me anything. I want you to give me a house for, for, for half a million dollars. And you working a family dollar. Guys, I'm not going to put you in no situation like that. And watch you die of stress. Because you can't even pay the water bill. That's on the mortgage. But when you seek him first, your whole desire will be about him. And not about things. It'll be about how you serve people. Amen? Young people, put God first in your life and watch him. Watch him. And because you don't have to look over your shoulder. He's going to bless you beyond your wildest dream. I know you guys don't believe it, but that's all right. Uh, ask the people who trust him. You got to get rid of the me first mentality and make Jesus the center of your life. And when they say Jesus is all his teaching, for God so loved the world that he sent Jesus in the world so you can have a relationship with God so you 
can be impactful in the kingdom. Get a Lord a hand clap. Everybody stand to your feet. If you don't know Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior, I want to offer him to you today. Or maybe you want to rededicate your life, recommit your life, because you have not been making him the first and the most priority in your life. And you don't want to be that person that says it's all about me. I knew I grew up selfish, and my mama told me I was the best thing in the world since sliced bread, but I realized that I'm, 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 a, gift, I'm a gift to the world on behalf of the kingdom. And so now I want to commit my life to God. If you're there, if you don't know him as your Lord and Savior, I want to offer him to you today. So, Lord, I'm asking you, for those who are out there, who want to make you the Lord of their life. They want to make you the priority in their life. They want to seek you first. Lord, we ask you to touch their hearts right now in the name of Jesus. Lord, let them lack for nothing, not in relationships, not on their job, not with their finances, nothing, Lord, when they trust you. We know they're going to have some tough times, but you promise to never leave them nor forsake them. I'm going to ask you to put your arms of protection around them and bless them in the name. Let them trust you, Lord. It works. You got the principles. It works. They just need to believe it and Satan is trying to block them. Let them think they can make it more somewhere else. They can do it somewhere else. But Lord, they need to trust in you. I thank you for it. And I'm praising you and I'm blessing you right now with everything inside of me for what you've done for us and how you touch and changing lives. We ask you to strengthen marriages right now. Lord, let them put you first so they can put their marriage first. Let them put you first, then they can put their jobs first. But you got to come first. Let them even deny themselves for you. I thank you, Lord, for today. What a special day. You've been such a blessing. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. The altar's going to be open for those who want prayer. All right? We're going to dismiss. Hey, come, for those who want prayer, come up. Uh, it's time to give. Give according to how God has blessed you. Give the Lord a hand clap. I want you to trust God in your giving. It's up to you. We're not telling you what to give, but give according to how God has blessed you. You can give on Giveify. You can give on Line. You can write a check. Shh. Whatever it is, but make sure you sow so God can bless you. Lord, bless the offering. Bless those who have it. Give them those who are going to be, don't have it right now, but they're going to have it to give it later. Lord, and as we leave this place, never your presence. Be with us and guide our hearts. Thank you for all those who trust us today to hear your word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Consider yourself dismissed. God bless you, and we love you.